This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.07 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. So first up, it's kind of a, a, a complicated and I think... Uh, complicated and rather angering story that has emerged. Uh, Last week, a teacher was accused of encouraging a Form 3 student at a school in KL to embrace Islam. Uh, The teacher reportedly had said that it would boost his chances of becoming a national footballer. He also told other classmates to suggest Islamic names for the student. Um, And the teacher had told the student all this on a WhatsApp group chat created for the class by the teacher. So all this came to light um, after the student's parents filed a police report um, and the mother also added that uh, in this WhatsApp chat, her son was told by the teacher that, quote unquote, only Muslims are allowed to enter stadiums in Malaysia. Um, The parents also said that they had tried to call the teacher to talk about this, but that the teacher had had blocked their numbers. So following that police report, Chiras District Police Chief Zam Halim Jamaluddin has said that an investigation is being carried out under Section 298A of the Penal Code, which is on causing disharmony using religious sentiment, and Section 505B of the Penal Code for causing panic and fear to the public by making that statement. So, um, I mean, there's a lot here, right? Uh, Just worth, I think, saying also that the Education Ministry is also conducting a probe uh, noting an aversion, understandable, to religion being used as a tool to threaten racial harmony in schools. They've issued a stern warning against anyone fanning or spreading religious disharmony in an educational setting and promised to provide full cooperation to the police if called upon to do so. And um, I think that this is really... I mean, it caused a lot of outrage when it was first reported, when it was first talked about. And I think um, for good reason, simply because schools are supposed to be places of learning. Um, you're also handing things over to, in some ways, it's it's that kind of dynamic we've spoken about elsewhere on the show um, of the parent being in charge of helping a young person grow into themselves at home, ensuring that things are being done properly there. But it's also a handover of trust to the school and to teachers within that school to continue doing the same uh, without necessarily pressing or imposing other beliefs or contrasting beliefs upon them. No, trust is exactly it, right? I mean, there are probably larger conversations also to be had here about... um, the boundary between when your personal belief should extend into how you interact with those around you. But those issues become even more important when you're talking about a situation where there is such a clear power dynamic involved, a teacher and a student. Um, and then the fact that teachers actually have a profound amount of influence on the students that they teach. And to mislead them in this way, uh, you know, allegedly this talk of you can only you can become a footballer if you do this and so on. I mean, these are sort of, especially when you're talking about young people, these can be quite, these are things that can influence them in a very profound way. And I don't think that that's the kind of situation we want to create in our schools. And it's tricky when you talk about it in the context of, even if it were just personal interactions, meaning if this was a private chat or if the teacher pulled the, the student aside to have these conversations one-on-one, that alone would be problematic. 
but to have it in a public context, uh, to egg everybody on to participate in this, is even worse because, again, you're talking about young people. There's also the question of peer influence, of bullying, of, um, you know, of peer pressure. And so a lot to unpack there. Again, just to kind of frame this clearly, we're talking around the fact that there was a case involving a teacher who has reportedly um who was reportedly encouraging a Form 3 student who is not Muslim uh, to embrace Islam, to convert, um, you know, kind of saying that it would boost his chances of becoming a national footballer, involving other classmates in this conversation. So we want to know, how should incidents like these be addressed properly? What do you want to see here? And in the context of our multicultural Malaysian society, where's the line between your personal beliefs and respecting others? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we're going to be speaking with Altaf Deviati, Director of Operations at Iman Research. Keep it here on the Evening Edition, BFM eighty nine point nine. Banish feudal mentality, BFM eighty nine point nine. The Business Station. It is 5.13 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. We're talking about an incident in which reportedly a teacher was encouraging a Form 3 non-Muslim student uh, to embrace or convert to Islam on the basis that it would boost his chances of becoming a national footballer, uh, among other things. And so... It has now gone into, it's being investigated, but we wanted to talk about the issues surrounding this incident um, and also ask you, how should situations like these be addressed properly? And in the context of our multicultural society, where's the line between personal belief and respecting others? Again, you can call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now to discuss this is Altaf Deviati, Director of Operations at Iman Research. Uh, Altaf, thanks for speaking with us. So as we've been talking about, there's this case of a teacher being accused of encouraging a student to embrace Islam within a WhatsApp group. What was your reaction when you heard about this? And what do incidents like this tell us about our society? Firstly, thank you for having me again. Um, Yeah, to be honest, I only saw the incident on Twitter. But I have to say, I wasn't totally surprised because I don't think this is the first kind of incident, similar incidents. There has been a number of incidents over the years about how the way religion is being brought up, uh, not just in schools, in civil service and so forth, and the way how um, Malaysian Muslims tend to engage or try to protestalize when it comes to, to, to Islam. So yeah, I wasn't totally surprised. However, I think what struck me about uh, this incident and uh, similar incidences is that this really is the way Malay, Mus- Malaysian Muslims in general view uh, our our faith and uh, how we view community itself. I, I, I would sum it into like three key points. Firstly, this notion that religion is something like an MLM, like a multi-level marketing. The more downliners you get, the more closer you get to heaven. And this kind of mindset is really quite problematic because then you're going around trying to push your belief, whether you realize it on to others. Secondly, I guess, is the way we embrace or don't embrace multiculturalism because we really believe that 
I mean, every religion believes it's the right religion. That's why you profess it. But it's going about living together in a multicultural society. You don't do that. You don't you don't impose. And we have a problem in accepting or trying to find a way in coexisting in a multicultural society where we have to learn how to engage with each other and incidents like this should not have happened. And thirdly, and I think this is a bit, it's a, a bit big, but I think you can't run away from it because in this particular incident, I mean, there was some people on Twitter that brought up the issue of how if you become a Muslim in Malaysia, you get incentives. And this is the problem with our quota system where you know, Islam is equated to being Malay. And then for if you convert, there are incentives to this. And this is this goes just beyond school. It goes even in civil service and so not. And it may not be the rule, but it's an implied and implied belief that it does exist. And that I think is the three key things that is problematic. And why I'm not surprised this incident happens and what are the key fundamental problems that we causes the incidents you just mentioned. So when situations like these take place in schools and involve classroom settings with people of different faiths, how might it influence students' perceptions about others who are of different religions? Exactly. This is the problem because you're you're talking about children, minors who are still at the age where they are. It's where you absorb everything and learn to to not only find ways to be the best of yourself, but also in learning to engage with others, in engaging uh, people of different backgrounds. So if this happens at the level of school, and already at that age, you're inculcating this kind of mindset, it will only make matters worse as they leave school. Because then what kind of society are you preparing? We like to say that in school is where we're nurturing society. If we're nurturing children on not accepting multiculturalism, on imposing other beliefs on, 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 onto them, not learning to coexist with other beliefs, teaching them that there's some being a specific group of people is more has more incentives than the other, then we're creating a very unhealthy society. And we're actually also teaching children to one of it lack empathy, so forget about tolerance. I mean, uh, there's not even uh, not to have empathy, and also then not to give them the tools to coexist in a multicultural society. And if you don't have the tools to coexist in a multicultural society as adults, how would you then engage with others? It'll only heighten uh, distrust, uh, resentment, and so forth. And then building on that, um, what are the implications of all of this happening among younger people? Because our, I'm going to go back to, because in this particular case, it was uh, a Malay Muslim teacher. And, and I'm not saying, I'm not singling out Malay Muslims in particular uh, for no reason. In Malaysia, Malay Muslims, we are the majority. Uh, we, we do define what is mainstream to, predominantly in this country. So I, I, I do need to single that out. And unfortunately, a, Malay, uh, a lot of Malaysian Malay Muslims, uh, we've been brought up to believe that the way we engage with um, other communities means that um, Islam has to be to, has to supersede. But it's gone to a level where I question where's the empathy for others. And if this is what we're teaching children, whether it's conscious or not, 
I'm quite sure a lot of this is subconscious, but because it's what being pushed and I can't, we can't run away from the fact that our politics is dominated based on ethnic and religion. So it has spilled over to how we engage with each other. And unfortunately, somehow, some of the places that is really catching everybody's imagination is what's happening in schools or what's happening in civil service, because those are key structures. And if this is not addressed, if this is not nipped in the bud earlier on, then we are going to have a problem later on. We're then going to encourage the growth of a community that is not empathetic and is not embracing of multiculturalism. The problem is also people assume that when you embrace multiculturalism, and again, I'm speaking this as a Malay Muslim, it means we drop our Malay or Islamness, which is not true. Islam is very much so in support of multiculturalism, our whole is historic history, our religious history uh, promotes it. Uh, there's a lot, there's enough work out by numerous scholars, previous scholars, even modern scholars, encouraging multiculturalism. So why can't we embrace it? Why can't we find a way to coexist with people of other faith without coming across as intimidating or in coming across as imposing the way uh, it does come across through the recent examples? So what role do teachers and schools have in educating children about respecting other people's faith, other people's religions? I think that's a really good question because I think it boils down, because I'm quite sure it's not the national policy. It boils down in how do we carry out ourselves as a uh, people of authority or people as, as teachers. I mean, teachers are highly respected in schools. I think one key thing that we need to bring back to school, and this may go missing along the way because of how our schools now are just so focused in achieving certain grades, in achieving uh, uh, exam-orientated, is that the school is not just about getting A's. It is about learning to live in society and uh, uh, learning to engage people of difference because that is where most children engage with other people for the first time. It's not at home. At home is where you are with your own family and in your most comfort zone. School should be a safe place for you to explore and learn to live with others. So teachers need to be uh, not only prepared, but to be equipped to um, engage on issues of multiculturalism. I'm going to stress this again, multiculturalism is key because once you have the respect of seeing people of different faith or different um, uh, uh, ethnicity, it's not about just saying it, but how you go about discussing in class, engaging in the differences between your students. If you are equipped to do that, the incident of the school would never have happened. No person in the right mind would suddenly say, you've got to convert if you want to go and get scholarship. That would never have happened. Secondly, there ha you have to bring back empathy in school. Empathy, I'm quite sure there are people that uh, are, uh, people are engaged in empathy, but what I'm talking about empathy in school is learning to understand the other. Learning that even though you disagree, but you can appreciate that difference and understand where that difference is coming from. And so that is something teachers need to. Whether the question is, is the teach, are the teachers today equipped for that or not? What is happening in schools? Are they just overwhelmed with a lot of 
uh, administrative or situations that I, I I cannot I cannot comment. I'm I'm not a teacher myself, but definitely enough comments keep coming up from parents and from students where they are questioning how uh, why schools are not a safe place to learn about multiculturalism is is enough for me to question whether teachers today are as equipped or not. So this is a question that we're putting to everybody uh, and we wanted to ask you also, when it comes to living peacefully in a multi-religious society, where's the line between personal beliefs and respecting others uh, and what is behind the mindset to cross that line? Um, that's a good one. I think when, when, when people are so entrenched with the belief that we are right, we are so forceful in trying to put that forward what we forget that not everybody sees the same view as us. And when it comes to religion, it's about faith. How much can you impose the faith, your faith towards the other? We do need to learn that there are going to be differences and accept that we're just not going to agree. The thing is, people seem to think that it's so bad to disagree. In actual fact, there's nothing wrong. Certain things we'll, we will always have a disagreement. So it's learning to live with disagreement and saying that it's okay because you still respect each other. That's your faith, that's your culture, um, and mine's different. I guess the, the line that we should really look at is there, it should not victimize anyone. So if you're imposed, so um, if what you're pushing for will victimize somebody or someone, then that's a red line for me. Nobody should be victimized for disagreeing. So, so, so to me, I guess that's the, the key red line. Whatever your beliefs or other people's beliefs, it should not victimize people. Once it starts victimizing, there's something that's really wrong. And the problem is that sometimes people don't realize there's victimizing because they're so entrenched in a belief or because the system encourages it. So that's also another thing. We should question whether the system, which gives advantage to certain groups, is victimizing others. And for me, if there is a victim, it's everybody's duty to point that out. This feels like it shouldn't have to be said anymore. And yet we do see these moments every day that remind us that we all need reminders. Why is it important as a society and nation to respect each other by not imposing personal beliefs and views onto others? We, I mean, even if we are not a multicultural society, which we are, the only way we're going to find a way to live peacefully and harmoniously at the same time grow uh, and develop together is if there is respect for each other. And this respect has to go beyond uh, cliched respect of Kong Si Raya or things like that. It, ha it means giving room for growth for everyone, room for growth within their own, uh, within their own differences. Um, not having a very superior view just because we are a majority or we are from a more affluent or uh, so-called background. Uh, so the, the bottom line is we, and, and in this context, when it comes to multiculturalism, is equal respect to all multicultures and faith that goes beyond tokenistic approach. Um, it's more than just getting to celebrate together certain festivals. 
but it's allowing other groups to also flourish and share their views and allow them to grow within their within their group without having to assimilate into a bigger group. Assimilation is not healthy. Integration is definitely key for growth. So, so we should all integrate as a into a Malaysian society without leaving our own uh, beliefs and ethnic groups and so forth. And how do you think this can be achieved? To me, it's number one. We've got to teach, we've got to engage, and we've got to promote at all levels, in particular, civil servants, uh, teachers, so far, on the need to embrace multiculturalism. And that multiculturalism is not forsaking our faith. It's about learning to live together peacefully, harmoniously, while growing together at the same time. Altaf, thanks for speaking with us. That was Altaf Deviati, Director of Operations at Iman Research, uh, talking about the need for, I guess, room, as, as Altaf just said at the end, uh, room, space for multiple beliefs without people imposing them on one another. And we're talking about this because of a recent report um, which was of a teacher reportedly kind of really actively encouraging a non-Muslim student uh, in Form 3 to convert to Islam, saying that it would boost his chances of becoming a national footballer, so on and so forth. And we've been asking you, how should incidents like these be addressed? And in the context of our multicultural society, where is that line between personal belief and respecting others? Call 7733-2900, send a voice note to 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.